Okay, so simple grace. So let's start with a definition. What is what is grace? And you know, there's always one, two, or three definitions, but this is favor. What we're talking about, the noun that is grace, is the free and unmerited favor of God. Somebody say free. Free. Somebody say unmerited. Okay, now I could rewrite that, but that's what the dictionary said. I would put, instead of unmerited, I would put unearned because I don't usually use the term unmerited that much, but you know, unearned, I mean, you know, I'd use that some, you know, like in baseball, right? Sports nuts, it kind of slipped in there, didn't it? Yeah, uh, unearned. So it's unearned, favor with God, free and unearned, all right? So let's begin right here. And uh, before we get to talking about how awesome grace is, let me tell you four things that grace is not. And the first one is, is that, is that grace is not uh, connected or dependent upon works, okay? Because the definition d- just said that it's free, right? And it's unmerited or it's unearned. You cannot earn it. Okay, so I need to say this here. Some of you need to get this. I mean, I grew up in a time and, and, and in some church settings that, that it seemed like we were always trying to pay God back for the grace that he gave us, that that's what we thought we were doing with our works. But there is nothing, there is no amount of effort that you can give that would ever pay heaven back for the life of Jesus Christ. No way. So we can't do that. It, it, you will never do that. So that, that's, that. That's not what grace, grace is not dependent whatsoever on your works. However, I, I do need to say this also, you know, that, there is some fellowship that happens. If you're a Christ follower, that means you're following Christ. That means you're going to imitate him in some things. That means you're going to do some things he says do, not do some things he says not do. All right? But that's not really, your grace is not dependent upon that. We will never outwork our, our sin. We will never work enough to be forgiven of our sins. We will never be able to do that. Grace is free, unearned, unmerited favor of God. Secondly, though, secondly, is grace is not license. It is not license to do what you want to do. It is not, okay, I've got it free, so if it was free, it doesn't, didn't cost me anything, so I can do it. It is not license that now you get to do whatever you want to do. Randy Alcorn, Christian author, wrote this, said, any concept of grace that makes us feel more comfortable sinning is not biblical grace. Okay, it's not dependent on your works. But that doesn't mean that you just get to do whatever you want to anyway. It doesn't mean that you get to continue to sin. God did not allow his son Jesus to die for your sin so he could forgive you and then you just keep on in that sin. He He allowed his son Jesus to die for your sin so that you could be delivered from your sin. He wants to deliver you from your sin, and he doesn't want to save you from it so you can just fall right back into it. He pulled you out of it. He's getting you out of it. That's what he wants to do. Now, there are two times in the book of John, John chapter 5, John chapter 8, where Jesus says, stop sinning. Okay, now, he, he, he hits on this a lot of times, but he is specific here. You can go look, and, and that's not exactly, in both places, exactly the way uh, every translation words that, but he's basically saying, stop sinning. This is where he had healed, uh, he had uh, forgiven someone, and he told them, both instances, he said, now, stop sinning lest something worse happens to you. And, and if you go to the Sunday's page that, that uh, Kyle was talking about just a few moments ago, you'll find a bunch of scriptures. Uh, it's not just these two scriptures, okay? You'll find a bunch of other scriptures where he says stop sinning. And not just stop sinning against God. 
But Paul writes, and, and a lot of these scriptures that I've got for you there, you can click on the link, it'll take you right to them. You can read them. He also says this, is that if you are offending someone else or you're sinning against someone else, stop that too. So it's not just don't sin against God, don't sin even against your brothers and sisters. Okay, so, so, so grace is not license to just do what we want to do because it was free. Okay, there, there, there still is some fellowship and there still are some things. Grace is not licensed to do that, all right? Thirdly, what grace is not. Grace is not simply something that we receive. That's not all it is. It is not only what we get from God. I talked a little bit last week about the Lord's Prayer. And in Matthew chapter 6, we have the Lord's Prayer there listed. And in verse 12, uh, Jesus is in the middle of the prayer and he's talking about forgiveness. And what does he say? He says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. There's a little Hebrew word there, right in the middle of that top line there, uh, right after the comma, as. Sounds like a, uh, that's what it is in the, in the English. But it sounds like a little small word, but it's a connector. It's a connector, and, and, and connecting words are important. And is a connector or a conjunction. And the word but is a, con- a connector or a conjunction. And, and if you use the word and in a sentence, or you change it over to use the word but in a sentence, it means two different things. There's another one called or, O-R. If you cha- use that instead of and, either and or you use or, it changes the whole meaning of the sentence. And so this little bitty word there, as, and, and there's, there's the Greek spelling right there. Uh, I looked up how to pronounce it, but, uh, you know, I, don't, I mean, it's kind of easy in a way, but you don't really care, and I don't really know that I'm doing it right anyway. So, I mean, you know, instead of pronouncing it, there it is. And here's the definition, okay? The definition of this word is as, like, according to, how, when, as soon as. So when Jesus used this word, as, now it means sim- about the same as our English word, but it looks like it goes just a little deeper, doesn't it? than just as. It looks like it goes just a little deeper. So let's, let's see if maybe we get a different meaning or a more in-depth meaning or a deeper meaning of what Christ is talking about when he says this, this, this phrase here by inserting these different definitions from the word. You know, as if, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. What about like? Forgive us our sins like we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now, that's the same thing it really means in English too, doesn't it? But using that other word kind of makes us think about it a little different way, doesn't it? How about the next word, according to? And forgive us our sins according to the way we have forgiven those that we, that we have forgiven those who sin against us. According to, according to, in the way that we have done it, or how, and forgive us our sins, how we have forgiven those who sin against us. Takes it a little deeper, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it's gonna get just a little deeper here in another second too. When? And forgive us our sins when we have forgiven those who sin against us. Oh wow, now it's taken a whole different context, hasn't it? Forgive us of our sins, God. I I want you to forgive me of our sins. So forgive me of my sins how I have forgiven others. Now it's getting real deep in here, isn't it? And and it'll take it one more step when we look at the last, as soon as, let's drop that in there and see how that sounds to us. Jesus says, and forgive us our sins as soon as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And so you see, grace is not just something we receive, grace is also something we have to give. 
And, and you may be saying, oh, pastor, you're just twisting it. You're taking that way too far. No, but think about it. If Jesus is saying, especially that last part, as soon as, if Jesus is saying that we pray for forgiveness and we do it, and we do it and in, in asking him, do it in the same way that we are giving forgiveness, then we cannot ask for forgiveness until, until or as soon as then we have also forgiven somebody else. So they have to happen in that order. We can't, we can't really just, we can't really ask God to forgive us without also forgiving others. But I've got to add this to it as well. Let's go on one more thing. Number four, and that's ignoring the past. Grace is not ignoring the past. I have to say this because there are some people here who allow themselves to be taken advantage of very, very regularly. There are some of you here that nobody ever gets anything over on you, and so you might not need to hear this so much, but there are some of you that allow people to manipulate and twist things in such a way that they use this, even use the, the teachings of God against you. And uh, they, will, they will twist it and say, well, you're a Christian, you're supposed to do so-and-so, and twist that. You need to hear this. Here, here, here's the example, ignoring the past. Grace is not ignoring the past, okay? Imagine, you're in bed in the middle of the night, knock on the door, you go down, you look out the peephole, you don't recognize the guy on the porch, so you don't open the door. You say, can I help you through the door? And uh, he says, yeah, I need to use your phone. Against your better judgment, you open the door, you let the guy in, he beats you up, he takes your wallet, takes your credit cards, takes your cash, leaves, you have to go to the hospital, police and file a report and everything. Go back home, try to get to sleep, best sleep you can. The next night you're laying in bed, knock on the door. You get up, you go down to the door, you look out the peephole, same guy that was there last night. And he says, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for what I did last night. I, I, I really hate what I did to you last night. Please forgive me. I know you're a Christian, and please, I just ask you to forgive me. And I need to use your phone again. What do you do? Now listen, if God tells you to do something different than I'm telling you in these next few moments, do what God tells you to do, okay? All right, but here, let me tell you what the norm is. Here is the norm. Grace does not ignore the past. You can give grace and still not open the door. You can say, yeah, I'm a Christian and I forgive you of everything. Thank you for apologizing. I forgive you of everything that happened last night. Forgive you of all that. I'm not going to hold that against you. That's between you and God now. Take care of all of that. I forgive you, you know, and I'm going to be praying for you. And I really encourage you. Why don't you come join me at Church 2911 this Sunday and, you know, tell them it's Gardendale Civic Center. You know, and so you tell them all that, and then you say, is there someone that I can call for you? You see, you can give grace and not ignore the past. There are people who will manipulate, just like somebody like that on, on your porch, might want to manipulate, you're a Christian, you're supposed to give grace, you're supposed to forgive me, you're supposed to forget everything that I've done. That's not what grace is. Grace is not forgetting. Grace is not ignoring the past. You know, it's not ignore the past. God doesn't ignore our past. It's because of our past that we need grace. And so, like I said, some of you don't need to hear this, but some of you need to hear this. Say it to you this way. There are people in my past that I've had to forgive. You know, people that have had, uh, let me take it in this direction, people that have had some control over my life, like a boss. You know, maybe that they don't control every bit of your life, but they control a lot of your life sometimes. And sometimes they can manipulate you into doing things that you don't want to do or that you shouldn't do. 
And there are people like that or, or ex-spouses, you know, that uh, maybe, maybe while you were married, and maybe even since you've been married, maybe over the kids, they are manipulating things and, and causing you to do things you, do, you shouldn't have to do or, and you don't really want to do, that you don't feel are right. Some of you have family members that have misused you, even abused you, maybe physically, maybe sexually. And they've had control over you. So let me say it here now. There are people in my past that I have had to forgive, but I do not allow them back into a place of control over my life. Grace is not ignoring the past. Grace is saying because of the past, I need what God has given to me. That's what grace is. And so for those of you listening, I think I put it on the Sunday's page this way, do not let anyone twist grace and manipulate it to use over you to cause you to have to ignore their past. That is not God's plan and God's will. There is a balance. There are some of you that you allow people to manipulate you and you allow people to twist you and you say, oh, no, I've got to forgive them and so I've got to let them back in the house and beat me up one more time. That's not the way it is. And then there's some of you on the other side that you don't have, you ain't got an ounce of grace in you. I mean, you're going to make everybody pay for everything they've ever done against you and anybody else. It's not your job. Somewhere in the middle is the balance of grace, of forgiveness, and of, and of not allowing yourself to be manipulated in that way and controlled. And that's what we've got to find. Now, those are the things that grace, are, grace is not. Let's talk about the awesomeness of grace for just a moment. Okay, set all that up because there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of qualifying things. I think some of these, these things have gotten into our heads. So I wanted to get all that out of the way. Those are what grace is not. But let's talk about what awesome grace really is. And there's another word, another term that we use uh, almost interchangeably with grace called mercy. And, uh, and, and I want to I draw some distinctions between mercy and grace, and not because I, I, I'm trying to get you to quit using the wrong word at the wrong time. That's, that's not what I'm saying here. But I, I think a lot of us, sometimes we, we, we rest heavily on the mercy side when we talk about grace, and some of us have rest on the, the grace side when we talk about grace. And if we do, we miss the fullness of what grace really is, okay? So I want to I I break them down for you because I want you to see that it's not just mercy and it's not just grace, it's both. That when we become Christians, when we start following Christ, when we ask him to become our Savior, we get both, okay? So that's why I'm showing this to you, all right? First of all, this is what mercy is. Mercy is God Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. You know, that's, that's what mercy is. Sounds a lot like grace. Yeah, it does. Okay, but hang in with me here. Don't get ahead of me just yet. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Have you ever not gotten what you deserve? You know, just like when you were a kid, you know, and, and you know, you've misbehaved at the store and your mom said, when you get home, you're getting a spanking. And all the way home, what are you doing? Praying, God, please let her forget. God, please let her forget. God, please let her forget. Happened to me. I mean, I I remember times getting home and mom had forgotten. And maybe she didn't do it on purpose. And so you'd say, well, that's not really mercy. But it was the same effect on my rear end, you know. It, it was the same thing, right, whether she forgot or, or but, you know, maybe what happened is she'd get home and she'd say, okay, I told you we're getting a spanking, but I'm going to give you one more chance. That's mercy. 
You deserve a spanking. And, and I knew I deserved a spanking. I disobeyed. I was rebe- I did it on purpose. I knew what I was doing wrong, and I deserved it, but I didn't get it. That's mercy. But you, here's what grace is. Grace is when God gives us what we do not deserve. Okay, doesn't sound very different, does it? But look at it. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. Here's the difference. My mom says, you misbehave. When you get home, you're getting a spanking. And when we get home, she says, listen, I told you we're getting a spanking, but I'm going to give you one more chance. That's mercy. Now listen, I want you to know I love you, so let's go into the kitchen. Let's have a bowl of ice cream together. And that's grace. Because I deserved this. I didn't get that, and I got this that I didn't deserve. That's mercy and grace. You see, mercy is forgiveness. Grace is salvation. Sounds like the same thing? Not really. Mercy mercy is about yesterday. Grace is about today and the future and the forever. Because mercy is, uh, mercy is about, about what, what should be and, and about the yesterday and about the, the forgiveness over the sin and, and, and the, the penalties that should be paid for that. But, but, but grace is about tomorrow. It's about having an awesome life right now. It's about his blessings. And it's, a, and it's, a, it's about even more than salvation. Now, I, I've, preached on, I've preached on baptism I don't, I don't know how many times. I've done devotions on baptism. I've written articles on baptism. And, and I just really think a lot of times, you know, I would, I would get, come up with like a different little way of looking at baptism and think, man, this, this has got to be the last one that's there. You know, there, there's, just, there's just not a... And then this week of what... This week it hit me that, that mercy and grace is just one more example of what baptism is. And I got to say this, I'm, I'm, also, I'm, I'm so glad it fit right here because two weeks from today, I think it's two weeks, right? This late, 15th, 22nd, or is it three weeks from today? 15th, 22, 29. Yeah. Uh, 20, on the 29th, we're having water baptism service and, and we, do it, we do it out by the pavilion here at the Civic Center on a Sunday morning, one service, 10 o'clock. And uh, so make, make your plans to be here. Bring your chairs and all that kind of stuff. Make your plans to be here. Support those that are being baptized. If you've never been baptized in water and you're a child of God, you need to be baptized in water. You remember that part a little bit ago about the following Jesus said, follow me in this. He was baptized, and then he said to follow him in this because he said in Matthew 28, 19, 20, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you've never been baptized, you need to do that, okay? But here's another example of what baptism, why, why are we baptized? Here's a good one right here. Mercy and grace. It's because when you are taken down in the water, it is as if you are buried beneath the water. And what God is doing is God is killing that old man. He is destroying that, that old person that was in you, that, that person that had committed all these things that are worthy, that deserve something you don't want anymore. He kills it. He destroys it. And in so doing, he destroys the penalty that even needs to be paid. You, you get to die to your old self. But then when you come up out of the water, that's the grace that you come up out of the water to new life. You come out of the water to salvation. You come out of the water to, to, uh, to show that, yeah, the old is dead, but it's not just the old is dead, that, that there is a new life as well, that God is giving us something better and, and that we have even more than just salvation, that we have all the blessings of life that we get to. So, so that's what baptism is. It shows both of those things. And so for some of you that are going to be baptized in, in, in a few weeks, just, just remember, this is, it's showing all of these things. I'm dying to that, and I'm coming back to life. 
There's a story that, that I heard before, and I think I saw it on Facebook just a few weeks ago, and, and I thought, man, it, it, it explains this so well. I just want to share it with you. Perhaps some of you have seen it. Uh, you saw it recently as, as well on Facebook. And I know it's a true story because it was on the internet, right? And, and, and because it was on Facebook on the internet, it's doubly true, correct? I mean, you know, it's just like, there, you, if it's on Facebook, you know, you know it's got to be true. A lady had a little girl, sick. She had to go to the pharmacy. I don't know who she left a little girl with. The story doesn't say there, but she left a little girl with somebody, went to the pharmacy to get the medicine. Comes out of the pharmacy, medicine in hand, key in the seat of the locked car. And she begins to break down now. I mean, you know, you have a, you have a little sick child. I mean, it's, you're already, your emotions are just, you know, right at the edge. And now how in the world am I going to get home? So she starts trying to figure out. She's, there's nobody to call. She, she, starts, she starts crying. She's a Christian, so she starts praying, but she's crying, she's boohooing, she's sobbing. God, what am I going to do about this? Somebody, somebody loans her a wire hanger, so she's straightening it out, trying to figure out how do you get this in, and just, God, help, you got to help me here, God. I don't know what, to, I've got to get home, and she's crying and boohooing. And then a motorcycle pulls up, parks behind her car. And getting off that motorcycle is the dirtiest, most vilest man that she has ever spoken to in her life. And he gets off and he walks up and says, ma'am, can I help you? And she, she, you know, through her tears and crying, she tells him the story and he said, well, let me see if I can help. And she hands him the hanger and she steps out of the way and, and she steps out of the way to let him work and she really surveys this guy and looks at him and how dirty he is and how vile he looks, how, how just, you know, She's a Christian, how just unchristian he appears. And she's just, just kind of thinking, God, really? Is this what you sent me? Here I am needing to get home and needing to get to my daughter. And, and th this is what you sent me? But in just a moment, the lock was popped, the door was open, and she'll be able to get in and drive home and take the medicine to her daughter. Overcome by emotion, she just fell on the man, hugging and hugging him and saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are such a nice man. And he said, no, ma'am, I'm not a nice man at all. I just got out of prison for auto theft. And she fell back on his neck one more time and said, thank you, God, you even sent me a professional. <laughs> yeah. That's what God does. He doesn't ignore your past. He doesn't destroy your past. He redeems your past. All that waste and all that hurt and all that sorrow and all that trouble and all that pain and all that junk, all that wrong that you've done, God doesn't just like do away with it. He doesn't ignore it. He redeems it. He doesn't want you to forget the lessons that you've learned. He wants to take those lessons into, I guess, into a spiritual realm. He wants to take them into a deeper, a deeper walk of something that would mean something. You know why? Because there's somebody around you today that needs grace. There's someone around you today that needs grace. And that's why we need to pray, pray for God to fill us and to fill us with enough that we've got some to share. Fill us with more than I just need. You know, because 
Let me share this one last thing with you. Lamentations chapter three. And boy, I've used this, I've used this so many times in prayer. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. Because of the Lord's faithful love, it's because of God's faithfulness that we have not yet perished. Can I get an amen? Somebody testify to that. It is because of his great love. It is because of his faithfulness that we have not perished. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That tomorrow when you get up, there's going to be more mercy for you. The next day, when you awaken, there's going to be more mercy for you. And the next day, there's going to be more mercy for you. And you know what I really like? Is I really like that this word here doesn't say that there's just so much mercy out there that there's going to be enough left over for tomorrow. That's not what he says. He says the mercies are going to be new tomorrow. It's like tomorrow morning, he's going he's to get up and he's going to create more mercy for you. He's going to have more love for you. It's like there's going to be a different love or a different level or different mercies because maybe you're dealing with something different tomorrow than you're dealing with today and his mercies are going to be new. They're going to be renewed. There's going to not just be an abundance and not just be more. It's going to be new mercy for whatever it is that I need. And why is it? Why is it that, 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 that I'm going to need more mercy tomorrow? And I know what well, most of us think. Well, it's because, you know, I might slip and fall. I might make a mistake, and I'm going to need some mercy to get over that and get it going back together. But mercy and grace is not just about sin. The grace that God gives to us is not just about sin. We need daily grace to bear good fruit. Anybody besides me? Sometimes I, I don't feel like bearing fruit. Some days I'm tired. I don't want to bear fruit and do good works. There are some days I'm just, I just want to take a day off, God. It's not that I want to do, I want to make the world worse today, that I want to do bad stuff, but I'm just tired and I don't want to do good stuff at me. So can I just have an average day and I'm just not going to make anything worse or, bad or, or better? Nobody but me? We need grace to bear good fruit, to do good works, and to forgive others. There's somebody around you today that needs some grace, and it may be somebody that hurt you, or it may just be somebody that's going through a problem, but there are people around us that need grace, and the grace that he gives us is not just grace for me, but it's grace to give, and so that's why he gives us grace daily. He renews that grace. He gives us new grace because there's somebody else. There's something else. We need grace when we are tired. Is anybody irritable when you're tired? Boy, the people that live with you need grace when you are tired then, right? But you also need grace so that when you're tired, you have some grace to remember how irritable you are. God needs to give us grace. Or, or we need grace when we're sick. Some people are, are bad patients when they're sick, right? And you need grace, but the people that need grace even more, the people that live with the bad patients, they need grace. Or when you're sad, you need grace. Sometimes I need grace just to smile. You ever, you ever need a grace just to smile? 
I remember just a few weeks ago on a Thursday morning, I'd had three people come to me that needed help out of desperate situations. I'll tell you something, by noon that day, I was depressed. I, I, I was depressed. Uh, you know, uh, pastors get depressed? Yeah. I got all my problems and all your problems too. Of course I get depressed. By lunch that day, I was depressed. I needed grace to even crack a smile at somebody that day. We need grace when we get sad. We need grace when we have problems. You're going to have some problems tomorrow or someday this week. You're going to need grace to get over them. We need grace when we have to deal with difficult people. They cut us off on the interstate. We need grace. Please, especially if you're wearing your church 2911 shirt, please have grace. God, give us grace while we wear the shirts. I mean, people are oh, totally oblivious. That's one of my words, right? Totally oblivious to anybody else around them that actually has a life, you know? And they're totally obli- or, or, or like, they don't just cut us off on the interstate, they cut us off in the, Walmart par- on the, in the Walmart aisles, right? Or they just sit there, you know, totally oblivious to anybody else. You know, and my attitude is, if you're driving down the road and you ain't got anywhere to go, go home, park your car, let those of us who have somewhere to go, go. And if you ain't got anything to shop for in Walmart, go park your buggy and go out and sit in the parking lot and talk. We've all got some shopping to do, right? And I need some grace sometimes in the Walmart parking lot. And God give it to us even more when we're wearing our church t-shirts. We need it when we deal with difficult people. Because we can all be difficult too. We need it when we have to deal with temptations. We need it when we have to heal over past hurts. I was thinking, I, I really hadn't thought of it. I was thinking at the close of the message this morning, just this, this point right here. I was thinking again about how some of you moms have hurts being a mother. Some of you have lost children. Mothers and fathers should never have to lose a child in death. And somebody after the first service reminded me that Two, two moms in, in the Hayden area, one was virtually the same neighborhood, lost precious children this week. There's a lot of hurt, and we need grace to get over that. Whether you're a mom, whatever, wherever you're at in life, we've all got something. Maybe it's a hurt you need to deal with, but we all need grace. But there's the promise It, it, it won't just happen to be there tomorrow. He's creating new grace for tomorrow. Amen. Can I ask you to join us up front? If you're a first time attender, we like to close around front with a final prayer and a final song. We'd love to have you join us if you're comfortable. So come on up and we won't take a long time and we won't do anything weird, we promise. We'd love to have you join us. If you can, take one more step up. Let's get everybody out of the aisles. Good crowd, 9 o'clock this morning. I'm glad they were, uh, we had several move up to 9 o'clock to make room for uh, several visitors this morning. Glad that you're with us today.
Forgiving people that hurt you. Forgiving people that hurt you. God, forgive us our sins just as like according to how as soon as we forgive those who have sinned against us. But that's, that's, not, always, is it, that's not always easy, is it? To forgive someone that's hurt you? That's not always easy. But I want to give you one that's maybe even tougher. I decided to close with, I think, maybe the toughest challenge of this whole message, if there was a challenge. I think most of it was just, man, here it is. But here's a challenge to you. I want, I want to give you this. And it's a secret. It may sound like a big challenge. It may sound like it's really hard, but this is a secret that a lot of Christians have never, ever gotten. You need to also forgive those who have not yet apologized. You need to forgive those who haven't yet apologized. Let me tell you how this works out, okay? Because you're all mad. You ain't hurting them a bit, but you're destroying yourself. They borrowed money from you, forgot about it, never paid you back, won't ever pay you back. You're all upset about it. They're enjoying themselves on the bass boat on the lake today that they bought with some of the money that they didn't pay you back with, right? So you can either just keep killing yourself or you can choose to forgive. And not just, it's not just the release for them, it's the release for you. Because you remember, the Lord's Prayer didn't, Jesus didn't say, Father, forgive us as we have forgiven those who have asked us to forgive them. That's not what it said. Father, forgive us as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And so you're, 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 you're providing that forgiveness for yourself. And, and, and if it's dependent upon that, then you, you need to forgive them. You've got to forgive them whether they ask you for it or not. I think sometimes what, what some of us think is, is we're going to get to heaven one day and we're going to run into that person that never asked us to forgive them. And when they see our face, it's going to click because now, you know, now we're, we're in eternity, you know, and they're going to think, oh, I never asked you to forgive me for that. If that's really the way it works, then I think what's really going to happen is you and I, we're going to be running around looking into a lot of faces that we have forgotten to ask people to forgive us. Because I guarantee you, yeah, there are people that have never asked my forgiveness for something they've done against me, but I guarantee you there are people in this life that I have yet to ask for their forgiveness. Some of them because I never even knew I hurt their feelings, right? I never knew I did something that harmed them in some way, but they believe that, and I've, 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 never, I've never even realized it. Or maybe I did hurt somebody and I've forgotten about it and I've asked God to show me the people I need to, and, and he's not shown it to me and I, I, it's, it's gone and I'll never be able to do that. So, so, you know, if I want those people to forgive me, even though I don't know I've hurt them, then I'm going to have to forgive them even though they've not yet asked for my forgiveness. You're not just setting them free, you're setting yourself free. Let something go today. If you're not under this grace, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, man, today would be a great day for it. Mother's Day, your mom would, man, your mom would write it down in her Bible or somewhere. This would be an awesome day. And all you got to do is just, just ask Him to be your Savior. And He will destroy that yesterday and raise you up to an awesome today and future and forever. He'll do that.
But I really believe more than I'm speaking to unchurched people who don't yet know that forgiveness for themselves, I'm speaking to a lot of church people, Christians, who are harboring unforgiveness towards somebody else. So let us not point fingers today, but let us embrace the grace that God has given to us and ask God to give us enough for someone else. So I want to ask you, listen, prayer team's in place. Perhaps you don't know, there's not a way to pray, but perhaps you just, I really would love to pray with you. You don't know how to become a Christian. Prayer team members are ready to help you, lead you in that. Or perhaps there's some big, huge hurt. Maybe it's over Mother's Day. Maybe it's over a family thing. And you need to get, you need to get rid of it. We, we want to help you pray about that. Last week, I, I, I mentioned this verse almost every Sunday that I closed. Last week, we dug into it just a little bit at the end. Jesus said, where two of you on earth agree about anything, my Father in heaven will do it. That's why we want to pray with you today. We want to agree with you because Jesus said, if you'll agree in prayer, I'll do it. Some of you need forgiveness. Some of you need to forgive somebody. Some of you, some of you need a, a job. Some of you are sick in body. Some of you need a financial miracle. Whatever it is, we want to pray with you today. Please let us pray with you. But would you bow with me right now? And if